There you go. You know what that means. You're listening to Real Presence Live, like the canned voice just told you a few seconds ago. My name is Father Richard Kuntz, and I'm here with Cindy Jennings, and we are uh, proud to be your hosts for today, this beautiful day in uh, Duluth, Minnesota. And that sound means that it's your time to make a phone call. And you make that phone call by doing 877-795-0122. Or if you do not want to make a phone call, you can just submit a question through Facebook and uh, Real Presence Live Facebook page. And so 877-795-0122. It's an opportunity for you to uh, ask a question of uh, uh, a priest about anything you want. I mean, not too personal, though. I'll choose whether or not to answer. Or you can just ask politics, religion, you can do values, you can do anything you want. Uh, if you've ever wanted to ask a priest something you just never had the guts to do it, now you can do it on your phone. And as I always say, Cindy, these calls always come in towards the end. Yes, yeah, so call now, don't wait. Yeah, exactly. Although although sometimes that's bucked the trend if I keep saying that. It's like, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, I, I'll get a phone call here and there at the beginning, but uh if you're sitting there and um, uh, listening and you're pondering whether or not you want to ask a question, quit pondering. Just ask the question. Call 877-795-0122. You can even ask a question, you know, I mean, uh, based on the last interview, which was an interview I enjoyed with Father Adrian Hilton about reclaiming the patrimony of the Catholic Church. That's uh, always fascinating stuff. Or you can ask any question that you want. Again, that's 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, or you're going to hear me and Cindy just nanner and fill the time until you actually call in with a question. Yes, and we never run out of things to say. I don't think. Well, you don't. <laughs> no, I have to make up for the first segment that I missed. No. Yeah, you totally missed that. You had something wrong with your headset. I did. And, you know, and I like. I I kind of enjoyed that in some ways. I kind of thought you did. It kind of bothered me because I'm like, oh, I got some, I got some good, I got something good, but that's okay. You did wonderful, so uh-huh. it didn't matter. Speaking of um, birthdays and stuff, your anniversary just happened. Was that yes. May 29th? May 29th and is that was my anniversary. Two years. Twenty three years as a priest. Three. Twenty three years. years as a priest was just just past Saturday. Yep. So Pope Mobile, anybody out there? Yeah, yeah. If anybody, if anybody's got a spare Pope Mobile, you want to get that for me for my anniversary gift, I'd take it. So yeah. I don't think there's too many Pope Mobiles in our there. listening area, though. No, but there's a lot of people that probably know how to get one. Speaking of our listening areas, let's get our talking areas going. You can call in with eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or via Facebook. Any type of question you have. You know what? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world these days. And so I would like to think that, you know, there's a lot of people that might have questions concerning what's going on in the world because things are messed up. And, uh, um, uh, you know, what is, how does the Catholic Church respond to the stuff that's messed up? I'm not saying that I speak for the Catholic Church, but I could give you some sense of things. 877-795-0122. Once again, that is calling 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, or via our Facebook page, you can even ask a question without being on the phone. So, so let's yeah. try to get a call from. Is it Wyoming? We're in Wyoming. Well, yeah, right? yeah. We have. Let's try to get a call from Wyoming. We have listeners in Wyoming. I want to hear it. Yeah, any cowboys or cowgirls down in Wyoming that have any questions about uh, want to ask somebody up in Duluth or not and, cowboy cowgirl? Well, yeah, but I normally <laughs> when I think of Wyoming, I love. What, I mean, I, I'm sure I would love Wyoming, but. Uh, I just think of like the the whole Western thing. True, it's, 
It's it's also a very square state, isn't it? I was thinking Wyoming is pretty square. Not square like 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 not conformist, but square like the state is square. It is very yeah. I would say Colorado's like that too. Colorado aren't the Dakotas kind of that way too? A lot of square states, more rectangular. All right, I'm not going to offend any more of our listeners, but uh, you can call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We do not have a question yet, although we do have some questions that are coming that are percolating. That are percolating, so we'll just say that. Yeah, we won't bring up cats again to be oh. to offend. But I don't think we actually offended anybody. Oh, I'm fine with <laughs> offending people sometimes. Okay, it looks like we have online one. We have Nick from West Duluth. Ooh, it says, okay, well, I guess we're not ready yet. So um, uh, um, that's live radio for you. You know, we just kind of misstep from time to time. Uh, 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. So, uh, Cindy, what was the thing that most fascinated you? Oh, of course, you were gone. You weren't even listening. I was listening to most okay. of it. Okay. I just went what what, what was end. most interesting to you? What was in that first interview? Um, I just like the the three top things that he loved. It's just not what I would think of. You know, like the right. part of the flooring. Like yeah, I yeah, would, yeah. I, In my mind, that doesn't seem... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. And then he wants the brick from yeah. you. And yep. I'm thinking... Yeah. I don't know. I I think I like the stuff kind of like you, like the signed stuff, the early right. assigned by Pope kind of stuff. Right, right. Um, but no, it was all great. It's just funny how what someone's favorite. Certain things speak to different people. Yes. Okay. All right. So I thought that we had Nick on the line, but we don't. We just have Nick via the written word. So Nick from West, <clears throat> excuse me, from West Duluth, which is right where we're from, explain the different classes of relics, please. Very good, Nick. Thanks for the question. So there traditionally are three classes of relics, first, second, and third. Very clever and original names for the classes, as you can tell. So a first-class relic is a what we'd call maybe a body part. Not maybe, but it is a body part. Usually it's a bone chip, especially of the older saints. Sometimes it's a, believe it or not, a piece of flesh, in the case of like a incorrupt saint, like St. John Vianney, or even hair. Uh, St. Bernadette, in a particular way, is uh, hair relics. So that's first-class relic. A second-class relic is something that they used or something that they wore. So it'd be a clothing item or a little, lots of times in a holy card, it's a little tiny piece of a, a, of a shirt or whatever that they wore. So that'd be a second-class relic. And then a third-class relic is a piece of cloth, generally speaking, that was touched to the body. So first, second, and third-class relics. So those are the classes. Okay, relics. but let me ask you this. So let's say, of course, you, they become a saint after. Do they go and dig up the body to get the? First yes, they class do. Relic? That's a good question. Yes, actually, part of the process of the uh, canonization is that uh, to exhume the body, and they do that for a couple of different reasons. So they they exhume the body of somebody that's in the cause for canonization. Number one, to identify that this is the person. Uh, number two is to usually they put them in a in a place that's more um, uh, uh, appropriate for veneration. So they'll take them out of a, fun- okay. a cemetery and bring them to a church. Nice. Okay, and then the third reason why they would exhume the bodies is to to actually get the relics, okay. to get a portion of the body of the saint for distribution of the relics to to really promote the devotion to that saint. Mm. So yeah, that's a that's a big part of the um, uh, uh, the process of canonization. <clears throat> Good to know. I really like my children have been Catholic school their whole lives, but when my husband passed away, they really wanted. The skin. Yeah, I remember you saying husband. something about that. You're, yeah, your your husband's not a saint, Which and so it's crazy. a little weird. Yeah, but it's it's saint not to them though. It's a saint. To, yeah, saint to them. It's it's a. Uh, it would sound crazy to the typical you know persons out in the street, but if you're a Catholic of real Catholic traditions, you'd say, okay, well, 
that's not really so strange, you know. No. It's kind of neat to for them to think that way right at a weird time. Yeah. The hospital thought we were crazy. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's it's that that's that thing about the tangible. You know, we have that tangible connection to these saints. And for your kids, the tangible connection to dad, you know. And so that was that was pretty good. So you can call 877-795-0122. We've had Nick with a question. He did it to, through Facebook or on the phone, but he did it through the written word. Uh, you can actually call and be on the phone if you want uh, with your voice. But you have to first make the call, and that's 877-795-0122. Or you can go through our Facebook page. Nick is the courageous first person. Who's the courageous first person that's going to actually be on the phone? We're waiting to hear. So, again, 877-795-0122. And, you know, finding these relics in old holy cards is really a common thing. You'll see lots of old holy cards that will have little tiny pieces of cloth in them. And and that's a very powerful and tangible thing for uh for people, you know, when I, I had um, St. John Amola's daughter uh, come to my parish a few years ago, she actually gave me a, a handful of uh, relics of her of her mom, of second-class relics in these holy cards uh, to distribute. And so I've got a number of, uh, of St. John Amola second-class relics that her own daughter gave to me, which was to me was super special. I got another, another uh, several others like that as well, but um, because I got them from the saint's daughter, it was really um, Did you distribute important. them, or do you still have them? <laughs> I, I still have some of them. <clears throat> I did distribute most of them, but I do have some of them still. So, yeah, you can, uh, it's like, it looks like we have a caller on the line, but we're waiting for it to turn green before we can get them on the air. But in the meantime, we do have lines that are open, and you, uh, you make a phone call by taking your fingers and clicking 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two. This sort of stuff I can actually talk about ad nauseum. I mean, till the end of the day. This is the stuff that fascinates me the most, as you know, as one of my parishioners and a friend of mine. That that uh, this is right up my alley. And like the, the conversation with Father Hilton, this is the stuff that we can talk about for for hours at a time. But there's a lot of other topics out there, especially facing our crazy world. And uh, um, uh, you can ask a, if you want to ask a priest about some of the things that are happening in the world today and. How does the how do we as Catholics respond to this, and what do we are to think of certain crazy things that are going on in the world? Now is your time to make that call and make that uh, inquiry. You can do it through our Facebook page, or you can do it by that phone number that I've already given you about fifteen times, and I'll give it to you one more time, or probably a few more times. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's your chance to call. We've. Uh, We've already eaten up about 13 minutes of this uh, call-in segment with only one question. Mm. What do you think is the biggest problem facing us today in this world? Is there anything that sticks out? Oh, boy. Out? Thanks a lot. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I, I, got, I think there's a lot of problems facing the world. Today. What, I think, do you, I think, what do you think people are thinking? Like, is there anything that kind of... I think that I think that the world has gone crazy in an accelerated rate in the last 16, 17 months in ways that we have not experienced as a human culture in living memory, oh, I think so I think right. w- there are so many messed up aspects about what is going on in the world and where to start. I haven't the faintest idea, but uh, but you know, it lots of it falls into you know opinion. Sometimes it can be opinion. So my challenge is okay. What's my opinion versus what you know? What is the church? How is the church going to respond on a formal level or as priest? How would we respond to people? And I have to. How do I avoid my opinion from it? Because sometimes. I'm very strongly opinionated when it comes to politics, but we, you know, as a church, we're not partisan. Mm-hmm. So how does the church respond to certain things? You know, and, but in my in my own partisan opinions, I feel very comfortable in the church's teaching. You know, and and how 
Uh, I feel very comfortable with what the church teaches and what my opinions are is pretty similar to one another. You're but, good at separating it, though, I do have to say. Yeah, well, I, I kind of have to. But but anyhow, so let's, you know, again, there's tons of things that you can uh, ask about right now. So uh, make the phone call, 877-795-0122. We've had one question in the percular waiting to turn green here for, it seems like, half the segment. But we're waiting, and it'll come eventually. And then we can actually have somebody on the air besides just us. 877-795-0122. Two two, and via Facebook. What do you think is the craziest thing in the world right now that we're facing, Cindy? Since we're waiting for our call to come in. Well, I think for me, I'm just trying to balance things out from going, doing everything worldly, pretty much, kind of, you know. And then you had this time off away from from the chaos, and now it's making sure that the real reason why. we're put here is to and, and right when I asked you the question, the person's green. on and <laughs> so okay, so we have we have Michelle from Duluth on the line. Michelle, we've been waiting for you for like ten minutes. Welcome to Real Presence wow. Live. <laughs> yeah, thanks. This is great, and you guys are great. Thank you. And Father, I'm the one that uh, recommended you for donuts. I'm not going to do it again oh. unless they're oh. going to give out unless they're going to give out beer. Then maybe that I'll would be much. Donuts. Now that would be up my alley, Michelle. That would. I mean, if yeah. if 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 Real Presence Live honored thy fathers with with like a case of beer, I would say I'd ask my parishioners to like submit my name over and over again. But thank you for that nomination. I know Michelle. you. Would. I didn't think it would go over really well in the school, but no. um, the the one thing that I'm confused about, you suggested that we go on that website, the Loop, which has been wonderful and it's so informative um a couple days ago there was one on there about a a priest and i don't remember his name he's very outspoken politically against uh the politicians that are catholic and promoting abortion and Mm -hmm. his bishop is asking him to resign and and so uh, that confuses me and then you know i know and it seems very clear and this is disturbing to me almost more than what's going on in the world is what's going on as far as the church is concerned in that, you know, we have a very traditional, um, you know, line of of thinking folks. And then there's a whole liberal sector, and I don't know how they can call themselves Catholic or Mm -hmm. under whose authority are they? And does the Pope, I mean, can't he just say, get out of here? You're not following Catholic doctrine. It just seems like it's just scrambled. And that disturbs me almost more than the world, because as far as I'm concerned, you know, the devil's prowling, and I get that. But then when it affects the church like this, it's yeah. even more concerning to me. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for the call, Michelle. Um, uh, and just a little bit of correction, the, the website is not The Loop. The website's called Catholic Vote, and so it's catholicvote.org, and The Loop is what you sign up for for a daily update. I cannot plug that website enough. Catholicvote.org is basically taking... The news of the day and news that you won't even hear, a lot of it you won't hear, and from the Catholic perspective, the faithful Catholic perspective, then you sign up for The Loop, which gives that daily update. And so I love that uh, site. It's great. Uh, Listeners sign up for it. It's incredible. But anyhow, so yeah, I mean, there is, we have like, you know, I mean, in fact, The Loop just came up with a, I think there was a a discussion, uh, an article was written, the two Father Jameses, I think it's Father James Altman or something like that out of La Crosse is the one you're referencing. And then Father James Martin is a, a much more of a liberal side. And how does the church respond to the Father Jameses? How, how is the church leadership responding to each of the two Father Jameses? One is being silenced and one is being celebrated. And it's crazy. So the one that's being silenced is the Orthodox one. Now, 
granted, his style is not my style. I've seen some of his videos. I would never say some of the things that he's saying from the pulpit or, and the way he's saying it. But everything he's saying is absolutely accurate, theologically, you know, with the church's teaching. And then, uh, and then you have this uh, Father James Martin, who is a phenomenal author, incredible author. I've read a number of his books, but is outspoken on topics that are very much against church teaching, and he seems to be celebrated. And so I, I, I guess I would go back, uh, just Michelle, and I'd say it's like, you know, we never know the full story. You know, when I have people, you know, criticize me as decisions I make as pastor, in my capacity as pastor, I would say, you know, you don't know the whole story like I do, and you can criticize me, that's fine, but you don't know the whole story. And we never know the whole story of all these. We can just see things from the outside. And we can see things that are very disturbing. But from my, from my standpoint, it's like it's important to pray for good shepherds. You know, almost every single Mass, I, in fact, it is, every single Mass I have, I pray for our bishop or our pope, you know, just the leadership of the church. We need to pray for the leadership of the church that they are truly guided by the Holy Spirit to really discern these difficult things. And when you have um, a, um, a priests that are being outspoken on various sides, how does the church respond? You know, and so, uh, yeah. I mean, there's no easy answer to that, Michelle. But uh, uh, thank you for the question, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and since you, you thank you, you're doing it. Uh, thanks. All right, and since you nominated you're me, you're doing a great job. Yeah. And since you nominated <laughs> me, then you can ask me to, to to clarify that at a later date. But thank you for listening, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> thank so, you, Michelle. So we have um, uh, Annan from South Dakota, I think. Uh, why do we celebrate feast day of saints, and who, and how are the dates chosen? I don't think they're online. So, um, uh, Annan from South Dakota, why do we celebrate feast days? So, um, feast days of saints, first off, let's, I'll take it from the backside. How are their dates chosen? 90% of the times, the date chosen for the saints' feast day is the day that they died. 90% of the time, because they have achieved their goal to get to heaven, and that's their heavenly birthday. Other time, it could be other things, too, like on the 29th of, uh, of May, which was my anniversary date of my priesthood, is Pope Paul VI. That is not the date he died. That was the day that he was ordained a priest. And so we share that thing. And so uh, that date of ordination, so they picked that day for his feast day. We celebrate the feast days of the saints very specifically because um, the saints are the Gospels lived. And, uh, and we have like 10,000 approximately canonized saints. There are 10,000 ways to get to heaven and be canonized. And so the more we learn about these saints, the more we can imitate them. And so we celebrate them and honor them for the um, uh, heroically living the Gospels uh, in a very real way. All right, we have a, another uh, questioner, listener question, not on the phone. Nick calling from Bismarck. Is the church aware of all of the supposed relics selling on eBay, and how does the church get them to back to their rightful standing of the relics or stop this practice? Okay, very good, Nick. We were talking a lot about that with Father Hilton in the first hour. Is that actually the church has, um, a, I don't know what the backstory of it is, but I know that the church has had lobbied some years ago eBay about the selling of actual relics, especially first-class relics. And so uh, eBay actually tried to conform with what the church was uh, asking because eBay, as a policy, has you can't buy sell you can't buy or sell body parts. Okay, so it's like if you want to if you want to have a kidney uh, donated, you know, because you you're having uh, problems with your kidney, you can't go through eBay. And so the church basically said, you know, if you're doing that, you can't sell kidneys on eBay. Then you can't sell other body parts on eBay, especially of saints. And eBay has kind of kind of agreed to that, but they don't really clamp down on it too much. And so. Uh, so the church is aware of it, and like Father Hilton and I were saying, you know, there, I think that there is a there tends to be a, a segment of the church's population that tries to get these things off of the market. But the fact is, is that there's so many relics out there that you'll never get them all off the market. And so, 
They do belong in the church. The reclaiming of the patrimony, as Father Hilton uh, worded it, I like very much. Uh, that's what we need to do. And so, yep, the stop of the practicing of, of, uh, of the buying and selling of, of relics. Although the, the buying of, again, with a proper mindset is to, to reclaim the patrimony. And so to get it off the market is, you know, I mean, it's, it's an appropriate way of doing it. All right. So thank you very much, Nick, for that, for that question. Letter from South Dakota. I don't know if he's on the line. I don't think he is either. But the USCCB has not spoken out against our current president's stance on abortion and other topics of grave matter. Why is this? And are they not supposed to address these issues and culpable for not speaking out? All right. Um, uh, this does get a little bit political. And so um, uh, I want to... Uh, be cautious about walking down the realm of the politics. I want to avoid that because it's also very Catholic. And we'll see right now, um, uh, uh, Leonard, that uh, with that question, thank you very much, is that there are actually, I have not been following it as closely as I probably should, but there is different conflicting approaches of different bishops in our country as how to, how to, how to approach this. Some bishops are saying, okay, let's not touch this too much. And other bishops are saying we have to speak out very forcefully on it. Uh, I personally fall on the side of speaking out forcefully on it. I'm not a bishop. And so I don't really have a voice except for within the context of my parish and my own ministry. But uh, uh, there is a discussion going on, and the bishops realize that this is something that has to be addressed in some form. Because we have not had a Catholic uh, president uh, in many of our listeners' lifetime since John F. Kennedy. And uh, in this instance, we have a Catholic president who has... Um, uh, very, very clear issues that are against the Catholic Church's teaching, totally pro- totally opposed to church teaching. And so some of them in very grave matters, like the abortion issue, we have never had a more pro-choice president in the history of our country than the current president, and he claims to be a devout Catholic. There's a problem with that. And so it's the role of the bishops to speak to that and how to approach that. And right now there are conflicting conflicting opinions on that as to how, how, how to go about that. It's a delicate issue, but I tend to be one of the, I tend to be, you know, again, I'm not on, I don't have the same style as that, uh, I can't remember his name from lacrosse, Father James Altman, I, th- I think that was his last name. I don't have the same style of his, a kind of very firebrand in regards to speaking o- about topics, but I, I'm very, I feel very courageous and emboldened to talk about these topics because... If I don't, who does? You know, if the church isn't going to speak to these issues, who's going to speak to them? And so uh, I feel very strongly about these things, but I realize where my role is. My role is to in my parish setting. And uh, any parishioner of mine, here, uh, they have no doubt where I stand and where my opinion stands on matters such as what your question is. And uh, so I would, never, uh, I would never say that in the setting that um, as the world is as we see it right now, I do not see how our current president could, in good conscience, go up and receive communion, considering he just got done. He just got rid of the uh, the Hyde Amendment in in his in his latest um, uh, budget. He got rid of the Hyde Amendment. It's been around for almost fifty years, which which was has always been a bipartisan a bipartisan agreement to not have tax funding of abortion. You know, and so the Hyde Amendment's been in there forever. Democrats and Republicans have agreed. This Catholic president has said. I'm not going to do that. Now we're going to fully, I don't know, I don't know the details, but now we're going to have federal funds, tax dollars, go to paying for abortions. To heck with the Hyde Amendment. I've got a problem with that. And any Catholic sitting in the pew should have a problem with that. And so, uh, yes, it's incumbent upon our shepherds, our bishops, to address this issue and address it, address it forcefully. Now, there's even some discussion in regards to from the Holy See. I mean, is there pressure from the Holy See in regards to one way or the other? 
I have no idea, but you hear reports of that. And so uh, I'm not going to address that because I, it's all, to me right now, it's all um, uh, speculative because there's nothing that I've seen that um, verifies that one way or the other. But need, needless to say, we as church leaders, we as shepherds need to speak very clearly about what the church's teaching is and what Christ's teaching is. If we don't, who will? And Jesus was very clear about um, uh, teaching all that he taught. He sent the apostles out to teach all that I taught. The church, the 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 church is the voice of uh, of Christ, and we should never ever be wishy washy about Christ's teaching. I'm uh, I, I'm I'm very um very convicted on that, and um, uh, um and you might hear even more. So with social media <laughs> me. platform, I'm surprised they don't have somebody like a liaison from the Vatican that is in charge of this type of PR, like trying to tell these people. You well, know, I mean, catch wind again, that- the the church is very subsidiarity. They work in the policy of subsidiarity. So the Vatican doesn't generally come down and from on high and say, do this and do that. So it comes from the local bishop at first. Okay. You know? So the local bishop of the Diocese of Washington, D.C. is the guy that's going to have the first say in it. And then it just moves up from there to the Bishop's Conference of the United States. And so the bishops are talking. They're in, they're in active communication now. How do we address this issue? And as a priest with a pulpit, now... I can speak to these issues in a way that I never could before because for the first time in my lifetime, I've had a Catholic pres- I've got a Catholic president, so I have to speak to it. You know, right. I would never speak to these things about. Well, I would. I just I would never. But I speak to these things more forcefully now because we have a quote unquote Catholic president. It's my job as shepherd of souls to do this. And so uh, again, my parishioners certainly hear it uh, from time to time. Sometimes in very unveiled, sometimes veiled, sometimes unveiled uh, messaging. But it's very clear from my pulpit what what I'm. But anyhow, so anyhow, there's my soapbox. We got off my soapbox. And so uh, some great questions that came in, a lot of um, uh, uh, compelling, good conversation that we could have. And, and uh, after we have our uh, short break here, we're going to have Anna Kosky as our next guest. And she's going to be talking about the Seven Sisters Apostolate, which is an, another new project that is, I don't know how new it is, but it's something that's growing in our local churches. And so that will be um, after our very brief break that we are about to take very shortly. Well, so anyhow. There, I'm yes, done with my soapbox, yeah. and now it is time for break, and we'll <laughs> talk to Anna Kosky right after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 